You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. And Nada, I have to imagine that more and more people are tuning in because the Charlotte Hornets are getting a lot more national attention. We've got people from The Athletic writing articles on the Charlotte Hornets and specific players. We've got ESPN paying attention a lot more because of LaMelo Ball. That was true even before the season started. And now that LaMelo Ball is actually fulfilling the prophecy, ESPN is paying a lot more attention to what's going on right now. NBA math um, is also paying attention to LaMelo ball because of LaMelo's ability to certainly play better than a lot of the other rookies out there, probably better than every single rookie in the NBA so far, according to total points added their metric that they came up with NBA math. So a lot to get to today. First, let's go with a recap of last night, the Charlotte Hornets, beating the New York Knicks. And in large part, this is one of the reasons why the Hornets are gaining a lot more buzz. If you will, people running around all over with that, by the uh-huh, way, but buzz. the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> but the Charlotte Hornets, they beat the Knicks last night, not a one Oh nine to 88. They came, they came out very hot in the first quarter, kind of settled down, allowed the Knicks to get back in it. But then eventually in the second half, they'd win the third and the fourth quarter by seven points in each of those final quarters of action. I think the two biggest storylines that you have in this one, it's in the first half, it's certainly Gordon Hayward who scores 28 points in the first half, goes 11 of 17, goes to the foul line 10 times and hits all 10 of his free throw attempts. He scores 34 point, uh, 34 points altogether. So actually didn't score all that much at all in the second, only six, but the 28 points that he had in the first half, absolutely ridiculous, putting on a clinic. And I think the second biggest storyline, not in, in fact, I'd probably put it as the first when you encompass everything that's happened so far this season. This is by far the best game Devonte Graham had this season. Yes. It, we had a couple of contests. It was this uh this uh, it was the game against philadelphia where he hit five three-pointers and uh, i forget what other game there was but there was like two that we kind of tried to make hey Devonte did a pretty good job like we tried to stretch it a little bit Th- there's some nice things here from Devonte guys like is it positive from him and i never really felt truly that Devonte had a good game yet so far this was it so much more confident you saw him feeling a lot better with his shot He's coming off of screens. He's he's got the basketball and just letting it fly, uh, let it let it fly from deep, and and not worried about it whatsoever. I thought the passes were really crisp. Only had one turnover. That's something that has been a constant theme from him. The seven assists to one turnover that only improves the assist to turnover ratio. That's been outstanding this season. And you know what, Nada, his best game of the year came on a two of eight perimeter shooting night, which isn't good. <laughs> and he's going to have to continue. He's going to have to fix that. That's a problem. But at least he hit the two point field goals. He got going after throwing a layup high off the glass over the outstretched hand of Mitchell Robinson. He had been awful in the mid range game anywhere from that three to nine foot range. I think he was shooting something like below 15% and he got a floater to go really early in this one. I think that gave him more confidence. You could see him a lot 
lot more engaged. I thought defensively he was playing pretty well. Devontae Graham played the best game that he had all season long, and you're certainly hoping that Devontae Graham can use this as a springboard going Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. To me, this game was like this game was they didn't the Hornets didn't play well outside of spots for this game. You saw a B to B plus effort from this team. And um, just at that point, they still won this game handily. So there's a lot of stuff that should make you feel good about this team. One, Pete, again, you mentioned Devontae Graham having a pretty good game despite not shooting well, having another one of those really good floor games. So I come back to right. Gordon Hayward having just – flambaying bad teams and I don't think the Hornets have had one of those guys that would just against a bad team just come out absolutely destroy them Kemba didn't do that that's how special those kind of performances are Kemba would come out give you everything whether it was a good bad or good bad or other and they would live and die on those teams but those bad teams Gordon Hayward lives to flambay them right now and that's such a different kind of conundrum different kind of like dynamic that we have on this team and then also pj washington like pj washington at the five is providing some some wrinkles to this game where i I didn't necessarily expect it from him and i'm i'm completely and utterly enjoying what he's doing right now and you can tell that he's finally in shape and he's finally getting to the point where you feel better about him playing that small ball five to where, as I've said before, I can no longer complain about how good or how bad he's playing right now at this point, nor can I complain about the small ball lineup at this point. Yeah. The two point percentage wasn't great last night against new, uh, against the New York Knicks. You had him go two of seven. He did go two of five from, um, the three point line. And and so I think two of six, in fact, excuse me for the two point percentage, he started to miss shots a little bit here and there, but still PJ looks different the last couple of games, certainly than he did earlier defensively. He's playing better and he's also been cutting down on the turnovers, which is nice. He had a couple of games earlier this year where he just had multiple turnovers and it became a real problem in the preseason. We certainly saw that, but he's actually had three games in a row now where he's only had one turn turnover and that was all after the first win against Atlanta he had three he had six turnovers against Memphis in each of the first four games um, he actually had zero against Cleveland but then he had multiple turnovers in the next three after that so he's cutting down on that three in a row with only one which is really nice and to see him continue um, to assist a little bit more he's got about three assists on the season. He's playing better defensively. He's continuing to shoot pretty well. If you just take all the month, uh, all the games in the month of January, we're at about seven. Now he's shooting over 40% from three. So keep letting it fly from the perimeter. PJ playing a lot better. That that's, that's nice to see, but Devante awesome to see him finally have a good night. And also Gordon Hayward, who is going to be the best player on the Charlotte Hornets team going forward. He's been excellent. He's averaging 30 points per game. I think the last four outings, we certainly saw him go off against the Atlanta Hawks when he went for 40. That was an incredible performance. And then, I mean, I was on pace for 40 again last night. In fact, it almost felt guaranteed, but went real quiet scoring wise in the second half, but still did enough damage to warrant a ton of attention. So 
kudos to the Charlotte Hornets. A lot of people are giving them their praise, and we'll talk about some of the featured national articles on them with uh, a lot of NBA pundits taking notice of what's happening here in the Queen City. Before we take a break, I do want to talk to you guys about BetOnlineAG. If you want to bet on the NFL games this weekend, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. It's BetOnline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can bet online and it's your sports on uh, online uh, sports book experts at bet online. A G we'll talk about some of the other Charlotte Hornets players and the way that they played last night against the New York Knicks coming up next on the locked on Hornets podcast. This is locked on Hornets. I love leftovers, by the way. Huge leftover guy. Oh, man. Dinner dinner for lunch. I love that. Leftover dinner. Swing it into a lunch. Maybe even to a breakfast if you're feeling goosey. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more of those wins, then you need to listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. So LaMelo Ball is getting a lot of attention, deservedly so, Nada. He didn't have the greatest shooting night in the world against the New York Knicks. It took him a while to find his first bucket. He would eventually go three of 10 on the night, did have a nice three-pointer, had a couple of three-pointers in this one, but one was more impressive than the other. Did have um, a still, the, <laughs> the, the rebounding numbers have been incredible yes. for LaMelo. Uh, getting 14 rebounds and being the leading rebounder by far last night. Nobody else had more than six. So he got more rebounds. Um, Terry Rozier was next on that list with six and LaMelo ball finished the most with the most and 14, including just one offensive rebound still had seven assists to his name that tied Devante for the lead last night. LaMelo affecting the game despite not scoring too many points. That's what you want to see from someone that can come in and have a positive impact on your team despite him actually not scoring the basketball. Uh, what a find. I mean, look, we knew LaMelo was going to be very much, very likely one of the top three guys taken. We flirted with Anyeka Kungwu when that was a rumor. James Wiseman was somebody the Hornets were interested we were ambivalent so. about it we were kind of like eh, i guess if he's gonna be there because i don't think well and you know, i don't think either one of us you, thought that Lamelo was gonna be there though i think that was the thing i didn't think that Lamelo was actually going to fall to three i don't know about you i was the guy that again i know i was one of those that wanted Lamelo, and then i just again onyeka kong made sense if Lamelo ball wasn't gonna be there i never thought Lamelo ball was gonna be there and the fact that he is there when we that was the awesome part when we took Inyeka in the last mock draft, it went Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. I think it was actually Ball, the first overall yes. pick, and then Anthony Edwards. And then we decided to go with Inyeka over James Wiseman. So I, I didn't want to, I just wanted to correct myself by saying what a find, but also we knew that LaMelo was going to be highly taken until you know, there, there were some rumors that came out. Either way, LaMelo was certainly one of the most talented players and certainly had one of the most high, uh, had the highest ceiling. And I mentioned that total points added metric you look at that graph that nba math comes out 
And it's Adam Fromm, uh, Adam Frommel and Dan Favalli. They are the guys that are kind of behind the NBA math and total points added model. And then you see LaMelo Ball is in the top right quadrant way towards the top right way more than anybody else is and then you see Tyrese Halliburton who's below him significantly at least when you're talking about def- uh, defense and then offensively Tyrese Halliburton has actually had a real nice impact on the Kings and then eventually everybody else is in the middle or towards the left side of the quadrant so LaMelo in a class of his own in that regard Nada, he's been the rookie of the year and I don't think there's been any doubt absolutely. about it absolutely like the fact that he's managed to elevate a bench bench last year that really was that was getting better but wasn't to the level of lethal that it is right now and there are other numbers that that extrapolate this a lot of what Caleb Martin's been able to do he's done at the side of a guy like LaMelo Ball he's made his life easier we've talked before about how LaMelo has made Biz a viable finisher despite the fact that again, Biz's hands might be the worst in basketball ever. I mean, just a lot of the detail work, a lot of the detail, a lot of the nuance, like the fact that he rebounds so well and then goes and pushes the break, that kind of stuff you don't see from a 24 year old, much less a 19 year old. And the fact that he's done thus this much work affected the game in all aspects despite only scoring seven points that's how special of a rookie we're talking about in charlotte right now that's how cool this is right now and so if you don't and look all these stats are for your own interpretation total points added isn't the end all be all but it's up for your interpretation either way it's awesome to see that he's having such a huge impact and you're seeing him amongst rookies far and away the best when it comes to tpa you're talking about him being with some really nice company when you talk about every player in the nba and if you don't like tpa total points added we can go to the latest statistic released by 538 and it's the overall Raptor of each individual player for the Charlotte Hornets and not I saw you tweet this out Raptor is a descriptive statistic released by 538 I believe it was created in the last couple of years they actually had an article on it in 2019 about what Raptor truly means and you see LaMelo Ball with the third highest war among all the players for the Charlotte Hornets you see him have by a pretty decent margin the biggest impact offensively in fact he's got a plus 3.0 on his offensive raptor and then you look at what it is lamello and then you see what it is with terry rogier terry rogier actually is just a, pl- a plus 1.5 offensively defensively it's minus 0.8 that leaves for a net 2.2 and that leaves for a war of of 0.7 so lamello in the top three there by far the best offensive player according to this statistic um you look at him actually kind of behind a Caleb Martin who is plus 4.4 net Mm -hmm. which is something interesting within itself but just continuing to talk about LaMelo Raptor TPA you're seeing what he can do to affect the game it's been incredible so um, what were some of the other things that you saw when 538 came out with their overall Raptor statistics and you're seeing uh, uh, how all of these Charlotte Hornets players beat me to it the Caleb Martin one like being a plus on the Raptor scale on top of being possibly, I'm sorry, no, he is the best defensive guy on the Raptor scale. The fact, and the biggest thing about the Caleb Martin number to me is this, is that 
the fact that that number is there and then the the fact that the Hornets went on that run last year to close the season before the pandemic hit, that wasn't an accident. And a lot of that number comes from a guy like Caleb Martin. It also tells you that if you were hoping, if you were hoping against hope to see Malik Monk anytime soon, that hope is now dashed. I do think that Caleb Martin is uh, is probably the Martin that they're going to stick to. I think Caleb Martin being who he is and being as fearless and being able to hit his outside shot and the fact that they hit on one of these and the fact that the organization hit on at least one of these Martins, if not both, it goes back to how important scouting and developing and all of this stuff. All these pieces matter when it comes to over to just remaking a team and rebuilding a team and rebuilding a culture and it goes back to unfortunately fortunately it goes back to Mitch Kupchak and the idea he had for this franchise when they took over yeah I think the other things to note is there there is a a solid group of pluses offensively and it's Terry Rozier LaMelo Ball Gordon Hayward and Caleb Martin no surprise all of those pluses are actually at plus 1.2 or over with LaMelo leading the way at 3.0 and then you see Devante who is barely not in the positive he's actually a minus 0.2 offensively which isn't nearly the worst Miles Bridges is a minus 0.7 PJ Washington a minus three and a half and then it's biz who comes in at a minus 5.1 I'd be interested to see how much ground PJ made up maybe the last couple of games, certainly after that second win that they had against Atlanta. And also defensively, you see PJ Washington at a uh, plus 1.2, which he was not very good defensively early on. And so the fact that that brings him to a 0.1 positive war, that was something that is uh, noticeable with PJ and also Miles Bridges just being slightly ahead of PJ when it comes to war at 0.5, the net total when it comes to his Raptor, he's at actually a plus 0.5. So I, I think you know those are, I guess, some of the more interesting things to look at. And I want to continue to talk about Terry Rozier because Seth Partnow of The Athletic actually had something to write about when it came to Terry Rozier. But first, before we take our final break of the day, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Seth Partnow talking about Terry Rogier and how great he's been this season. We talk about that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. 
Yeah, I'm from come from uh, Catawba County. Good so, on the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Kate Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcast studs in this draft class. I mean, Cade, Jalen, Evan Mobley. And the Hornets are, are now too good in. to absolutely get one of them. Which, you know, it's something we kind of knew when you signed Gordon Hayward to $30 million and then you see those guys. It, we'll see if they get some lottery luck once again. Certainly hope that they do. Or we'll see if they just make the playoffs and maybe even flirt with the fifth seed like our very own Doug Branson. Look, let's not acknowledge not, How lunacy, frustrated please. are you looking at Let, that? Let's not acknowledge <laughs> lunacy, please. But again, Doug can go be a lunatic because he doesn't have to record every day. He can go and be mm-hmm. and spout off his lunacy. We have to defend our work here. So unfortunately, we can't do that yet. So therefore, okay, go, again, we're, we're not going to acknowledge that lunacy anymore. Okay. Um, Doug also talking with David in a chat, apparently saying they're looking for a big guy at the trade deadline. Anyway, just one more uh, moment and a reminder of lunacy, as you would say, Nada. Let's talk about Terry Rogier. Seth Partnow wrote an article in The Athletic, and it really is just kind of talking about all the stuff that we've discussed quite a bit here, not even just us on the podcast, but with all of the Charlotte Hornets media and anybody who covers the team. Um, What he writes is, quote, Terry Rogier is yet another example of the importance of putting players in the right context coming into the league out of Louisville. Rozier was considered something of a positional tweener, the classic quote point guard size two guard game conundrum. And for his first five years, he had been employed in something of a hybrid role, sometimes playing as an on ball initiator other times as an off ball shooter. It is becoming increasingly clear he is best suited to the latter. He put up solid totals, albeit with mediocre impact, playing in an all-combo guard backcourt with Devontae Graham a season ago. This year, with the addition of playmakers with size such as Ball and Hayward, the combo part is gone, and Rogier can focus primarily on scoring. Nada, when we drafted LaMelo Ball, it despite what your number one option that you wanted was, I, I know you had gotten to the point where you were number one hell-bent on getting LaMelo if he's available. I was always a fan of trading back for the right move and getting some assets in return if there was something as valuable um, as, if, if it was worth it. But LaMelo always made sense to me. Like I, I put it out on draft night. It always was somebody that would come in and fit really well, despite the Hornets actually having, quote unquote, a deep backcourt. LaMelo can come in, be a playmaker, serve as your primary ball handler. Devante could also be a good decision maker and maybe even be your second ball handler when LaMelo's on the court. But what it was really going to do, too, it was going to even more so solidify Terry Rozier as the guy who most benefits the offense off ball. You're seeing his playmaking percentage usage go down, and that is huge for Terry. We've talked about not the great decision making in the world. Even if Terry is actually scoring a little bit better, dribbling the basketball this season than most, he still is somebody that is just such a sniper shooting about 44% from three so far this season. He went two of five against the Knicks and then actually brings his percentage down from the perimeter. It's insane, Nada, but what you're seeing is LaMelo benefiting 
Terry Rozier with him coming off the ball a little bit more, just worried about scoring and actually other players setting him up in a position to succeed. You got to love what you're getting from Terry. And it seems like he certainly found his role and how to be most valuable within an NBA. Look, at this point, I am at this point. I'm just glad we stopped with the Terry Terry, Terry Rozier rumors. I'm glad we've at least stopped from that aspect. But watching him become one of these dead-on shooters, and Walker, if I'm honest, you were one of the first people to really point out that, hey, uh, Terry Rozier's starting to nail this nail this three and starting to hit threes at a, at a really ridiculous rate and the catch-and-shoot numbers. All of this stuff, like, he's become... It, he's what I would think is a... And I think we had this conversation before. We had we started talking about whether some folks could be rotation guys on championship teams. Terry Rozier has put himself to I'm not saying you'd start him, but if he came off the bench and gave you the same kind of impact on a championship team, would you be upset? I don't think so. I think he's developed into the next evolution of what we would expect Lou Williams to be. And that if that's instant offense, catch and shoot, and create a little bit off the dribble and also just at least provide a little bit of resistance on the defensive end. Yo, that's pretty good, especially for what you're paying Terry Rozier to do. And on top of that, the culture fit that he is when it comes to the Charlotte Hornets. And also, um, did you, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, apparently Terry Rozier has recorded a verse with Miles Bridges. So I did. So (laughs) apparently in that 19 million dollars, you got a half decent rapper as well, too. Mm -hmm. No, I did see that. And that is amazing. I saw that Terry tweeted at Miles and saying, when are we going to release our uh, when are we going to release our song? Apparently could be dropping at any time, Nada. So, you know, we're going to have to look at that. I hope there's another music video for us to break down real quickly. Just going to Caleb Martin, too. You know, I know we talked about him a little bit with the Raptor. You know, watching Kayla Martin, I'm I'm surprised to see these types of numbers when watching them. And I know that we're all kind of surprised because it didn't see it it seemed like Kayla was a little overrated last year. Like it seemed like people kind of fell for the novelty of the twin thing. You know, it it seemed like we were a little bit higher on Caleb, even though there was something there as an undrafted guy. It seemed like most people kind of solidified him as a person that should be in the rotation and played well in spots at the end of the season. I know Cody Zeller gave a lot of credit to the Martin twins. You know, I think that there are some decisions that aren't the greatest for him. Here's the thing with Caleb, though, Nada, when you're shooting 55 percent on the limited amount of field goals that you're taking and you're shooting 39 percent from three on the limited amount of attempts that he's taking. He's not giving you a ton of minutes. You're just talking about really 15 minutes a night here recently, and he's still that effective shooting the basketball. It seems like if he's look it those numbers, those percentages can't keep up. They're just too good. But it I mean, it certainly warrants more playing time from him as far as just like 15. I'm cool with the role that he has. I'm saying not more playing time, but it certainly warrants at least this amount of playing time from him at, at this point. And so far, you got to give a tip of the cap because it's not somebody that I truly believed in. And it, he's a part. It's, it's like a seven and a half man rotation with Caleb being that half player. And and he's earned that half role right now. with the way that he's been able to score as efficiently. As I, I honestly I of all the people that we expected contributions from his contributions have been 
probably the most welcome. Get in front of a guy, stop him, again, provide some sort of resistance on the defensive end, soak up a few fouls, guard the best offensive player. He's developed into an NBA rotational piece. He's not what I would call a championship rotational piece, but he's at least a playoff team rotational piece, and those kind of pieces matter if we're going to start talking about playoffs. I'm not there yet. Maybe you are, Walker, but I'm not there. But it's as I said in the second segment, it's just a testament to Greensboro and Mitch Kupchak and the vision that they do that Mitch had for this franchise. And it's really, really kind of awesome to see. So you look at the standings right now. If you want to talk playoffs just a little bit, just about the why, why are we doing this? The sh- well, just because we're going to update people on the standings in the NBA. This is what we're going to do. I'm not saying you have to say that they're going to be there at the end of all of this, but here's where they are right now. They're the sixth seed. They're six and five. The other six and five team is the Orlando Magic that currently is a little bit more up on them as it stands currently. The Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat are the two teams below Charlotte. I would have to imagine. Now, this whole Kyrie Irving thing is a mess. There's a new report on him that it seems I, I don't I'm not going to say anything. Just go check out the article because I didn't read it yet. I've only, I'm only talking. Um, I'm only talking about some of the tweets that I've seen in response to that. But it seems like the Brooklyn Nets kind of have a mess right now with covid and Kyrie Irving. I still think they're too talented to be five and six and below the Hornets. So you have to have them passing the Hornets. The Toronto Raptors at two and eight is quite interesting. You know, even with some of the changes that might have happened with that roster to be two and eight, that's kind of astounding. I have to imagine that they're going to climb up the standings at some point. Um, But, you know, the Hornets are playing well and we'll see where that ends up where they end up being um, at the end of the season. Do you have any thoughts, Nada, or do you just want to skip this conversation? I altogether? don't. I, I have thoughts. I, have, <laughs> I figured you I, did. I have thoughts. It's just I don't know if – I don't want to get into the playoffs because I want to enjoy this. The minute we start putting expectations mm-hmm. on this is when everything starts getting ruined. I'm treating this situation with the Hornets like I am a bachelor. There are no – there are no expectations. Leave mm-hmm. – again – Again, if you if they need me to buy them a cab, I will. Um, the keys are right there, and they're. I just don't want to do the walk of shame. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Don't 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 sure. embarrass I, me. I, I don't expect playoffs. You, I just want to enjoy this. I think you're going to catch feelings soon, though. Oh, That's no. what I'm predicting. The last thing I wanted to talk about was that not only are the Brooklyn Nets kind of a mess right now, but a lot of the NBA is. You're seeing some reports now that the most recent positive test for COVID-19. There are actually multiple tests coming from players that are testing positive for the second time for COVID-19. That does put the Dallas Mavericks and Charlotte Hornets game in danger. One, you could see maybe the NBA just kind of take a break for one moment. Maybe they pause. Maybe they just decide to make their COVID-19 protocols more strict and continue to move forward. But the Dallas Mavericks game was postponed yesterday. The Charlotte Hornets are supposed to play the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow. Tim McMahon, as of this recording, just tweeted out 15 minutes ago, the Mavericks are scheduled to depart for Charlotte at 3 p.m. according to a 
team spokesman. At this point, the plan is for Mavs and Hornets to be played as scheduled Wednesday. That could change. We'll see what happens. But as of right now, they are still scheduled to play but there are it's an increasing tra- I think there's increasing traction as to the NBA having to do something because of what COVID-19 is doing. Absolutely. I would also say at this point, like if we're going to be honest with ourselves, there's a reason that I I can say that the NBA is going to do something. But when you start seeing that the NBA is generating three to six million dollars off of ad time for their primetime games, you're talking about pause in two weeks. I just don't see it possible because it's just too much money involved in pausing these games. Do I see people? Do I see a schedule shift and they're probably going to have to do something else? I can see them shifting the schedule. I absolutely do not see a pause of these games. One, because of the money. Two, because I'm not so sure that if you don't give some of these dudes some kind of something to do that they're not going to go and find a find a place to hoop anyway i think that's the other thing that i think we kind of ignore in this these guys are here because they love the game they're gonna find a way to play the game might as well put them in the most safe environment to play the game possible i just go back to think about trey young at the at at the outset of this going to play in gyms with no masks where the crap where there was a bunch of people in oklahoma with no mask and he's playing So I would rather the NBA try to figure something out, switch things around rather than put something on pause. And then we're going to find out folks are living reckless anyway, you know? Yep. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the NBA. All right. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. We really always do appreciate it. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll see if we're previewing a game against the Dallas Mavericks. Until then, we'll talk to you next time.